Pub Hopper Originals. Welcome to Zero Down. In today's episode, we'll be talking about whistleblowers and whistleblowing. We've all heard of famous whistleblowers like Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning, but what exactly is whistleblowing? Whistleblowing is basically when um, individuals who work for their specific organizations alert the public to problems like financial fraud and abuse in institutions. But in return, they have to pay a very heavy price for their moral responsibility because they're compromising. Um, the guidelines of the institution. And sometimes even sacrificing their personal life. Personal right? Lives. So the basic idea is that you're, in a, you're working for the government or you're working for an organization and there's some information you find out which is, which is like secret or secured in the organization. But you think it's something like an abuse of power or a financial fraud like you were saying. So you think it's something that concerns the general public. So you go public with this information and that's, what's, that's what whistleblowing is, is about. Uh, we just mentioned Edward Snowden. Could you tell us a little bit about him? Okay, so Edward Snowden basically worked for the Central Intelligence Agency and while he was working, he found a lot of confidential information which he thought um, affected the privacy of um, the US citizens. So he went public with this information. Unfortunately for him, this caused a lot of um, problems in, in his life because he was exiled from the country and he eventually had to go to um, Moscow, Moscow and um, I think he's in asylum right now. Yeah, he still is. He still can't still return in asylum, to the United States. And I don't think he'll ever be able to return back to the United States. And to his normal life. Yeah. So his entire life was ruined by this episode even though he did something which is by most accounts considered really important. Letting the public know that their privacy is being compromised and their own government is spying on them. So the phrase whistleblower sounds a little bit silly uh, but I think we associate whistleblowing with you know like alarming the public i think even in sports you blow the whistle when there's foul play um, or you know something illegal has happened the phrase whistleblower blowing started to be associated with law enforcement officials around the 19th century apparently because they used to use whistles to alert the public or fellow policemen when something was going wrong so whistleblowing is something that you know understandably is in the public interest and so you would want people to you know, and engage in whistleblowing and as well as them to be safeguarded from the negative effects of it. For instance, if I was in an organization where I knew something bad was happening, but if I went public with this information, I knew that harm would come to me, whatever that is, maybe the company would fire me, you know, most probably they will. Or maybe I'll just ruin my career, stuff like that. So it would not be a fun time for me, right? But if we can limit these negative consequences, it would encourage people to whistleblowing. So it's important to have laws which protect whistleblowers. So India didn't really have a very good official mechanism to protect whistleblowers and enable them. I think around the early 90s there was a proposal to go, uh, go ahead with something like that. But it was only after a year after the case of Satyendra Dubey, who was a whistleblower for the National Highways Authority of India. He was murdered because of what he did, right? And about a year later, the Supreme Court pressed the government into issuing an office order and, you know, the public interest disclosures and protection of informers resolution was passed 
and uh, it also designated a central vigilance commission or a C CBC as a nodal agency. The purpose of this mechanism was to, you know, encourage people to go complain to the CBC when there was any allegation of corruption or the misuse of an office by an employee of the federal government or any corporation or agency controlled by the federal government. So it was basically an authority that the government decided will receive complaints and disclosures in regard to anything like this, right? That being said, there are lots of problems with this law. Like while it does sort of enable whistleblowers, it's not complete at all. The biggest problems I think are that it doesn't cover the private sector, which is very ridiculous because there are a lot of companies which can be engaging in issues that are of public concern. And the government isn't the only body which affects the public at large. So the fact that this law doesn't cover the private sector is a big problem. There are a lot of countries where uh, whistleblowers are given financial incentives as well. The basic idea is that if I, if you know you're going to lose your job after you go ahead with whistleblowing and maybe even lose your career in the process because why would someone want to hire someone who engaged in whistleblowing, right? So to encourage people to still um, and take the responsibility of doing something like this, some countries offer them financial rewards. The government or the law enforcing body will ensure that you get a percentage of that, uh, you know, the amount of fraud that you disclosed or something like that. So there are financial incentives which can be given. The Indian law, the existing Indian law, does not have any financial incentives. There's also a very ridiculous thing, very ridiculous sounding to me, that apparently they don't take any actions on anonymous disclosures, which I find very strange because I imagine most people would want to anonymously report stuff like this. But as of now, the law doesn't cover something like that. Um, I was just talking about Satyendra Dubey right now. Can you tell us a little bit about Satyendra Dubey? Dubey was basically a project director and he worked for the National Highways Authority of India. He was part of the central government's Golden Quadrilateral Corridor project where he basically found out that there was a lot of financial and procedural irregularities in the construction of the Golden Quadrilateral. He also found out that there were lots of um, financial irregularities um, in the process of like construction of poor quality roads and stuff for going public with this he actually um, brought this to the notice of the then prime minister atul bihari Vajpayee. Um, but what happened is he sent he also sent the um, letter unsigned because he wanted to maintain his anonymity um, but what actually happened is he also sent a copy of this letter to the national highways authority of india chairman um, but in return, instead of being like applauded for what he did or like for being, um, you know, uh, lauded for, yeah, you, lauded know, for you know, what he actually, you know, brought forward, he actually got reprimanded because um, they told him that he had disrespected the chain of command because he had directly written to the prime minister and he was supposed to go to lower authorities before this so what happened is unfortunately on november 27th 2003 he was murdered while he was returning home from a wedding in varanasi um, obviously the cbi tried to hide this and they said that the murder was a cause of robbery but it was actually because of it was basically the repercussions of his whistleblowing so he had to pay a very heavy price for um, coming out with finance because, you know, he came out with financial fraud. There was also the fact that instead of abiding by his wishes to, you know, keep his identity secret anonymous. and anonymous, the Prime Minister's office actually forwarded the letter with his biodata to the Ministry of Road Transport and Highways, right? So this, what this meant was that his name was leaked everywhere. And apparently the road contract mafia got a hand on the copy of the letter as well. 
so maybe this was the reason he was killed i love how he said it's like a consequence yeah. of his uh, coming out with it that he was killed but it's pretty sad that something like this can happen and unfortunately he's not the only one we also have shanmugam manjunath can you tell us a little bit about him okay so shanmugam manjunath basically worked for the indian oil corporation in lucknow and it was there um he found out that they were actually selling adulterated fuel for like the last 3 months so what he decided to Fun do times. so what he decided to do was he decided to conduct a surprise raid and this happened around uh, november of 2005 so obviously this had repercussions because he was later shot dead um and he his body was found riddled with at least six bullets in the back seat of his own car and manjunath's death was actually um you know extremely close in t- and like you know the uh, timeline yeah right. the timeline was extremely close because satyendra dubey had just been killed 2 years before and both of them were like suspected to have been murdered for similar reasons um but in case of um shanmugam manjunath in a certain kind of way he actually got solace because um his prime convict was act- his prime convict was actually given a death sentence because in the case of um satyendra dubey i don't was yeah no, like yeah. there was no yeah i don't think he what's the word like, <laughs> i don't think I don't anyone think was convicted convicted yeah. no one was convicted right so so in a way he didn't get like proper justice kind of yeah there's also satish shetty i'm not going to go too deep into his case but he basically used the rti act to expose a large scale land scams right yeah. he'd done this around 2009 he'd filed a complaint that forged documents were being used by um, this firm called r irb infrastructure and they were acquiring a lot of you know a lot of land in pune and mumbai uh, the pune and mumbai highway like next to that there were some villages where they'd been acquiring large um, uh, lands and you know there were issues with this deal uh, and um, i don't remember what exactly the scam was about but about 90 sale deals were cancelled and uh, after the investigations were undertaken using you know whatever stuff he exposed and uh, after this he started getting threat calls apparently these were originating from the chairman of the irb infrastructure the company you know for which he whistle blue i don't i don't know if that's a thing you say but he also asked the pune police for protection but they did not grant him that right and in 2010 this is a year after he's come out with this he was knifed by several people which is just terrifying way to die and apparently while he was knifed he was at a kiosk reading a paper after his morning walk which is um, like pretty unfortunate because he was just going about his like day to day activities yeah, and i gosh. don't think he would have ever realized that you know he was going to like get killed yeah um and, and this case was handed over to the cbi apparently and uh, apparently the police proposed an entirely different story for murder uh he was recognized as i guess that's something like he was given a bunch of awards he was posthumously awarded the sajak nagrik award the rti forum called him a martyr and named an award after him the satish shetty rti gallantry award i mean i'm i think we're going to miss the rti I, i know this is not what this episode is about but oh gosh that's another thing let's not go there so um yeah so those are some of the whistleblowers we've had in india and unfortunately a lot of them have been killed which yeah. is really scary um it's not that all cases lead to that though there's also arvind gupta and anand rai who were thankfully not murdered but um, i can't pretend that you know they weren't they had a great life after either but i'm not going to go into that if you're interesting you can if you're interested you can look those up um 
yeah so let's talk about how whistleblowing impacts people like what is the impact of it on like like we can talk about why people whistleblow as well but let's talk about how it impacts people first okay so basically whistleblowing has like effects on the public mainly as well as the whistleblower himself or herself just hold up uh, i want to talk about snowden here i just remembered uh, he was uh, interviewed by john oliver on philosophy tonight and uh, snowden essentially gave up his life for the information that he revealed to the public right but in this um, you know in this interview uh, what john oliver did was played he played him a clip right and in this clip he went around the streets in america i think i forgot which city but he asked a bunch of people what do you think um, snowden did who do you think snowden is and it was appalling the kind of response that people were giving a lot of people did not know what he did a lot of people did not know who he was a lot of people thought he was julian assange responsible for wikileaks right so it was really sad that a guy gave up his entire life for the american public to you know be informed about what had happened and uh, most of the american public again this is very anecdotal it was a bunch of random people not exactly in a proper survey but it's still very telling that someone gave gave up his life for it and it didn't really you know didn't really have the kind of impact he hoped it would and i mean just the and it didn't really affect people the way it should have yeah. and they weren't very like grateful for like the information he actually yeah. brought out to the public because in a way it helped to them and just the sadness in his eyes as he watches that video of like people thinking he's julian assange it's just depressing right but stuff like that happens it's it's really sad um so yeah we were talking about the impacts tell me yeah so back to impacts of whistle blowing so mainly when a whistle blower goes public it creates distrust because obviously you know um people are not going to trust him so there's going to be a lot of tension among the employees it can also make the working conditions very hostile and challenging for the whistle blower himself um because he faces a lot of resentment from his peers you know um he must always be prepared for any acts of retaliation it also puts a lot of stress on the whistleblower because he could get terminated from the company and he's never going to be able to you know have the life he would have like you know envisioned yeah. for himself um it can also have a lot of like effects on the company like for which he like whistleblowed if that whistleblow <laughs> if it makes sense because then the like whatever fraud the company was doing it becomes public yeah. so obviously you know some promising employees may quit their jobs because they don't want to work in such a company anymore the reputation of the company is going to get you know tarnished um it can also have a lot of like legal as well as market related consequences because obviously you know illegal and unethical practices will always have repercussions acha <laughs> i don't know that's true unfortunately but yeah um but also it can also have like positive effects because um because of like whistle blowing there could also be like a change in the policies and rules of the organization which you know might benefit like the future employees as well yeah. as um you know and work in the favor of the company um obviously whistle blowers are like very valuable to the society because that like, you know they alert the public to you know problems which they would otherwise never know of hmm. but obviously because you know they but they obviously have to be you know they suffer a lot because of like their morality in a way um there are also lots of like mental health problems because um when as soon as whistleblowers you know come out to the public a lot of them you know suffer from depression and you know face hallucinations nightmares um yeah but as um, you know sonali said earlier nowadays a lot of countries are actually trying to pass various laws to like legally protect whistleblowers 
Whistleblowing also isn't always legal. I mean, you'd expect it to be because it's doing something good for the people. But I think it's important to remember that it's often done against the government, which doesn't make the government too happy, right? Uh, in most cases where it's a crime, it's to do with national defense or stuff related to that. So if you've revealed a document or you know something that's classified in nature, the government will not be happy with it. So you can be, um, you know, prosecuted for that. And even journalists in a lot of countries, like if they've talked to a whistleblower and the journalist is asked to reveal the identity of the whistleblower by the government, if the journalist refuses, they can be jailed for that as well. Which is, again, not really fun, but it happens. And uh, as we're moving towards governments that aren't really nice, to say the least, I don't know how happy I am about them invoking stuff like national defense because I feel like they're going to use that in spaces where, uh, you know, the whistleblower probably I mean you know even if it is about national defense I think some things are important enough for the public to know anyway but yeah I think that clause can be kind of like invoked unfairly by the government so it scares me a little that some kinds of whistleblowing can be illegal right and I think that's a cause for concern and we really need to look into whistleblower protection there's also the fact that um, sometimes the government actually uses whistleblowers what they do is Maybe they ha there's some information that they don't really want to reveal on their own or as a statement. What they do instead is do it through a whistleblower, so anonymously, or basically the idea wouldn't be coming from the government explicitly. Yeah, so but yeah, that's to their advantage. Yeah, so that's the thing that happens. So I think we talked about a lot of stuff today, and uh, I don't know, overall it seems not that great, but I think there's hope. Would you like to tell us something about Edward Snowden's life right now? Because I think he comes up a lot when we talk about whistleblowers and whistleblowing. Always does, actually. Um, so it's been how many years since he's been exiled again? OK, my internet isn't working. So we're going to assume it's been long enough. So his life has actually changed dramatically ever since he was um, exiled to Moscow. Uh, uh, actually, now he's living a relatively normal life, as like you know normal as he could possibly live. And he's also come out with a memoir called The Permanent Record, uh, which I think you know comes out like at the end of this year or something. Right. So um, he's like revealed a lot of um, things about him um, and the lifestyle that he currently has. And he said that previously, as soon as he came to Moscow, he couldn't live a normal life, and he would have to wear like you know a scarf or like you know a beanie or like he would always have to cover himself because he was never sure you know when someone would like come up to him and he was just extremely concerned for his safety but you know since that like a lot of time has passed by he can now like freely roam the streets of Moscow like there's no fear anymore and he's living a pretty normal life in Moscow but sadly I don't think he's ever going to be able to return back to his home in America and I think this is just the life he's going to have to live now. Yeah, and again, not to be depressing, but he, he said that he thinks he's never going to be home either. So we're definitely not doing a good job at protecting whistleblowers. And this is an American situation, so I yeah, and he's always basically it's he's pretty much like given up on yeah. like the fact that he's going to go home and he's just, you know, settled and Maybe he's making a life for himself in Moscow. Um, yeah. And if you would like to know like more about Snowden, you can also watch like the movie which was made on him. There's a movie. Yeah, I know this. It's, it's called Snowden, and you can also. That was so creative. Um, and you can also like you know like like when the permanent record actually publishes, you could like read about that if you want right. to know about him. Yeah. And there's also like just general, in just in general, like the culture of whistleblowing is really important, and it's very much in line with stuff like RTI, right? So you should be concerned about that, and if you don't know, you should look 
it up, how in our country the RDI in the past few months has been really undermined. I'm not going to go into the details of that again, but just look it up because it's important and it's relevant. And, you know, these are rights and acts which protect us from private interests hurting the public at large. So be concerned, be vigilant, and uh, I don't know if I would expect someone to actually undertake whistleblowing because of the pains of it but what we all can do is uh, you know so practice like, advocacy and demand these laws to exist yeah. or exist because in better like, forms even though like whistleblowing is like it's useful for like the greater good and stuff like eventually the whistleblower himself like in order for him to come forward with all of this information it like takes like a huge toll on yeah. himself yeah. so like again like in order to clear his conscience he would do it but then the the effects. costs of that are way too much and yeah, like, exactly. it's not the whistleblowers are always going to be demanding so the like obviously there have to like there has to be like legal he has to have legal protection obviously uh, thanks for listening